0: Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for coming this week. Um, before we get started, I want to talk about private internet access. Um, make sure you go to the Dumb Idea... Uh, make, don't even know my own website. This is, I think this is the second time in four episodes I've done this. <laughs> go to dumbideapodcast.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see a banner for private internet access. In this day and age, uh, you can never be too safe on the internet. Um, protecting our information... Uh, especially if you input anything online, like if you you fill out forms or credit card information online, a VPN that encrypts your data uh, as you're sending it through the interweb is a good thing to have um, because they do uh, take your credit card information, they do take your social security number, your address, all of your identifying information, and they do sell it on the dark web. It's happened to me uh luckily my bank worked with us we got our money back um and luckily we haven't had anyone take out loans in our name uh but having a vpn having your internet secured with a secure connection uh, private internet access is the one that i use i've used it for more than three years and it's really easy to use it works on my phone my laptop Uh, i can even use it on my streaming devices Uh, it works on my iPhone. Uh, very easy. One click turns on when I'm done with entering my information. One click, I turn it off. uh, if I feel the need and it's just really easy to use. So go to dumbideapodcast.com, click on the ad on the right hand side for private internet access, and you can get a, uh, VPN for less than uh, $2.50 a month. We were going to talk about, uh, uh, cars, a little bit, just because I, I I'm in the market for a car.
1: You're always in the market for a car. I
0: I, te- I don't I I got cars that I had I had some old cars. <laughs> then I had more. Than, I had too many cars. <laughs> then I have enough cars. Um, I I, <laughs> I buy used cars, and sometimes those used cars have issues. So like with the the Kia Cadenza, which nobody even knows what that thing is. <laughs> But it's it's a it's a nice large sedan from Kia um, but had an, a little bit of a timing belt chain guide whatever issue turned it on clink 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 and then it settled down the tensioner finally tensioned and it made everything run right well, of course I didn't like the sound of it didn't want to have to deal with anything if it went south and that was like right at the beginning of the, uh, the pandemic and uh Online used car dealers were paying out the nose for cars at the time. So I had a car that was upside down on three months earlier, went and checked again. All of a sudden, they're paying me out of the car (laughs) and I can get out of this thing for nothing. So I did. But then that left me with a 2008 Saturn view, which ran great for about nine months. (laughs) Right before I'm about to tow it behind an RV, things inside just squeal like a pig and just puff smoke and stall. So, I went from I went from having too many cars to not enough cars at that point. <laughs> so that's when I end up getting the Chevy Equinox, which does what it needs to do. It's a utilitarian vehicle, gets me where I gotta go, hasn't broken down on me yet. In fact, I think in one year I'm, I'm running up on almost one year of having that car. I have 5,000 miles on it. I I, I haven't even broken 5,000 miles. That's how little I drive that thing. Sell that one now. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I think if I sold it now, I could probably get what I paid for it. Yeah. Almost. I I think I could. Um, Which, you know, let's not put that past me. But that's not the car I'm talking about right now. My wife's car is a 2013 Ford Edge Limited we really like that car. We, we bought it used. I think we bought it in 2017, so it's about three years old. Maybe 18. So maybe four years old. We've had it for about four years. We bought it with about 60,000 miles. It's got 88,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. So in four years, we put 22,000 miles on this thing. Like we don't. And I we just drove it to Florida. Yeah, and back, and it still only has like 87,000 miles on this thing. But. Yeah, it's starting to have some more issues. Stupid stuff. Like, the rear door sensor always thinks the door's open. Right? Now, you can drive it like that, no does problem. Does it chime at you? No. Oh, okay. Not at all. But the only thing it does is at night, the overhead lights won't go off until you've driven, like, like until you get, like, 10 revolutions on the tires. Okay. Then the light will finally dim and go off. Yeah. Or even at night... If you unlock or lock it, the, the lights take a little bit while to go mm-hmm. dim. Not a big deal. It doesn't drain the battery is what it is. But the, the, the other issue is, in in my mechanical point of view, because I'm a mechanic and I have know exactly what's going on, uh, apparently there's an issue with the Ford Duratec V6 engine in that you fill it with gas and there's something with the purge valve, and I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I probably don't. Something goes wrong with the purge valve. Basically, it'll go from like 600 RPM at idle, dip down to like 3 so it sounds like it's going to shudder and shut off, but then it pops back up to 6 and idle, and it keeps doing that, but it only does it like the first two times after you've turned the car on, but after you drive for like 15 minutes, if I were to stop at a stoplight, it wouldn't do it again until the next time I fill the car up. It's a weird issue. and It's probably not catastrophic. But, like, we're starting to have those types of issues. Now, yeah. keep in mind, we already replaced the alternator on it. Um, we had to replace the blend door actuator. Like, stupid stuff like this. Well, it's probably something you'd put up with
1: if you were a college kid and that was your car. you you just deal with... Like, my college car was an 87 Camaro. And I actually had two of them. But the first one uh, was carbureted. So... Like it would do stuff like when I shut it off, like the engine wouldn't stop, it would just kind of like they call it dieseling. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it would, it would kind of like the engine was running, but kind of it was weird. So it was a manual. So in order to uh like shut it down, I would just put the, put the car into gear and just let the clutch out and it would stall, right? <laughs> so, and but would I put up with that now? Absolutely not, right. When I was a college kid and that was the only thing I had, yeah, I can deal with that. The check engine light on, can I deal with that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, rattles. I mean, the car had a broken seat, driver's seat, that I ended up getting parts for at a junkyard and fixing it. It leaked. It had T-tops. So, like, any any vehicle with T-tops, it leaked. Um, right. But, I, I mean, I put up with all that. But would I put up with that now? So, no. So, <laughs> right. so,
0: I get it. I mean... So with this car, like I, I was like, alright. We we've had it for a while. It's been good to us, but we still like it. Maybe I should look into trading it in. Now I've just I've had this experience, right? Where I'm trying to think of the right wording. I was kind of, I was forced into buying a car, and I looked on the used car market and the the used car market was ridiculous. hmm And so for uh, first time in a really long time, I'd say probably 10, 12 years or so, I looked at new cars. But I had a very specific use case. And there were only like, three cars I could choose from and be able to tow it four flat mm-hmm. um, behind the RV. Chevy Equinox, Chevy Trailblazer. No, sorry, wrong one. Chevy Equinox a uh, Jeep Cherokee. And I forgot what the third one was. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a Ford, another Ford Edge. We could have done that. Anyway, we decided to go with the Equinox. So I was like, okay, let me look at Equinoxes. It ended up being like a $3,000 difference between a three-year-old used one with 36,000 miles on it and a brand new one. So of course we went brand new. Okay. Now it just made financial sense. Problem is with this one, We're trying to go bigger. Now, we would normally just keep this thing, and we still might, but we've been saying how we would like to have a third row. Mm -hmm. Kids are getting older. Carpooling is starting to happen. The edge really can only take on one additional kid in the middle of the back seat. Yeah. Whereas if we had something bigger like a traverse, an enclave that we used to have, third row, plenty of space. Mm -hmm. Adults can fit in that third row. Um. Problem is a Chevy Traverse, an LT, so not the LS but the LT, or even I think the LS. Fifty one thousand dollars MSRP, and that's if you can find it at MSRP. Right, you're probably gonna find it at five grand over. So. Pro- it, it probably, yeah, yeah. And so, I'm just like, what do I do? Like, don't worry, that's not the only that's not the only game in town. I can go for a Honda Pilot. I can go for a Toyota Highlander. It's it's that class of vehicle. Yeah. The thing is though, those Chevy's Chevy Traverse, Buick Enclave, they're they're the biggest inside of all of them. I looked at a Kia Telluride. Mm-hmm. Kia Telluride, the one we were looking at was like forty eight grand MSRP. But they're not taking MSRP. Now, are you looking for all wheel drive, or are you looking at front drivers? I, I, I can do front drive. I'm not. I, I don't. Wanna, I'm not opposed. So to that. here's
1: and this is what I, uh, people yell at me for this, and you might. And I'll take it. <laughs> if you're going to buy a front wheel drive pilot, yeah, buy an Odyssey, right? And oh, I'll never have a minivan. I'll tell you what. We have. I have a Toyota Sienna. It is the nicest car I've ever owned. Yep. Um. It you can just kill miles in it. It's. Uh, I will say that it, the Sienna loves to chew up front tires, because mm-hmm. um, it's a big heavy front drive vehicle and it's got a it's got a relatively powerful engine for you know i think it's putting out 285 horsepower out of out of a just a v6 it's a minivan sure you know um so i guess people like the the look of the suv but when you really boil it like chevrolet doesn't have a minivan anymore they mark they used to market when they, when they first came out with the uh with the traverse the front wheel drive was supposed to be kind of like the minivan. Mm-hmm. Um it just had regular hinge doors rather than sliders. Um so yeah that's and you could even get the uh the Sienna in all wheel drive now, you know, so well I mean so, you always could. So we
0: we were looking into that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now my wife will not drive the minivan. Won't drive it. I'll rock the hell out of a minivan. So here, well, here's the thing. Yeah, she'll drive the Equinox. <laughs> I'll drive a minivan. Yeah. So then I started looking at minivans. Minivans aren't cheap. No. This is not a forty thousand dollar vehicle. Mm-mm. I was looking at, like the Kia Carnival. Fifty five grand. Oh yeah, for a Kia for a Kia. minivan. But the Honda Odyssey. No different. Oh yeah, Sienna, so, no different.
1: So when we bought, now we have a 17. So uh, the sticker on that, I it's a it's an SLE Premium. So it's the the limited's the highest trim level, right? So the SLE Premium is one below that, and I want to say we the sticker on it was like forty three thousand and seventeen. Mm-hmm. We didn't pay that. It it was end of model year. So we we got a a good deal on it, but it doesn't matter now. No one's getting good deals on anything, um,
0: right now. So, right that, and that's the that's the issue, right? You can't get a deal. Now it's to the point where even like the manufacturers and Ford and GM do this, are doing this where they're they're contacting dealers and letting them know if you charge if you're gouging customers it's going to change your allocations for Mm -hmm. the most desirable cars. Yeah. For example, like a C8 Corvette, Mm -hmm. if a Chevy dealership is gouging on like a Tahoe or an Equinox, you're not getting the C8 Corvettes. Yeah. Or with Ford, they're saying you're not going to get Broncos and you're not going to get F-150 Lightnings. Yeah.
1: Which is the electric pickup. Which I think is cool.
0: Right. Because it has a frunk. Yeah. Like a usable frunk. Sure. Um, So... They're basically saying, knock the crap off. Mm -hmm. But that's only two brands that are doing it. Yeah. Now, luxury vehicles, on the other hand, aren't selling as hot as the mainstream brands. Mm -hmm. So they they can't really jack it up as much unless it's like a supercar or something. But like your Lexus ES is not really going for like 12 grand over MSRP. It might be going for like three or four. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some brands really aren't doing that much at all. Like Toyotas are pretty much going for MSRP, maybe a thousand over. Yeah. But so there are brands you can go with with new cars. When it comes to used cars, though, you're paying through the nose. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, I I, the reason why I was kind of quiet there was because I was looking at Kelly Blue Book for the trade-in value on my Edge. Keep in mind, this is a nine-year-old car, eighty-eight thousand miles, SUV, front-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. I should maybe get seven for this thing Kelly Blue Book just went on there and this is probably going to be low because people are paying off the nose for these things 10 to 12 grand mm. 12 grand yeah imagine what they're going to sell it for oh yeah like even if they gave me 12 tomorrow with little rec- recondition they might fix that sensor they'll they'll pur- they'll do something with the purge valve clean it out whatever they'll flip that car and they'll put it on the lot for 16 or 17 yeah someone's going to pay that Mm -hmm. 88,000 miles for a nine-year-old car. Yeah. And and blows my mind.
1: Yeah. And I've got a vehicle that I'm not really driving and I'm making payments on it and I can get rid of it. And I thought of like, okay, well, if I get rid of it, in fact, I was so convinced I was going to get rid of it. The tags died in December and I didn't renew them. I just parked it in the top of the driveway and it sat there for a month. And then my wife hit something on the road, taking the kids to school and (laughs) blew out a tire. So then I was glad that we had that other, that car there. I went online and renewed the tags real fast, said, all right, you're good to go. But the, because I thought about getting rid of it, but I like having the third vehicle there. And if I were to get rid of it now, I'd make the most money off of it. But if I wanted to get something else, I'd be going and spending a lot more money on Something else. Now, ultimately, I would replace it with a truck. Um, it could be an older one, but even the cost, those things are going for, for stupid money. These trucks are crazy. Yeah, and I was, I got, I was excited a couple of years ago, you know, a year ago, because I knew that Toyota was doing a redesign on the Tundra. Mm-hmm. So I figured, oh, I think it's for twenty three, the twenty three model year. So that, oh, I'll go buy a, a twenty two, Tundra new cuz you know when they change over they they sell the old ones for like nothing that they still have right but there's if there's something there they're not selling it for nothing it's going for over MSRP and when you're talking a tundra i mean i'm not even talking like a TRD Pro like just a regular tundra 50 grand like no thanks i'm not spending that kind of money i'm not coming out of a for a third vehicle yeah it, i'm not a rapper <laughs> no right 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 it, and and like
0: like what do you the third vehicle is awesome for people that don't have one. If you only need two and you have a third, like if you got to take one into the shop, having a third vehicle is insane. oh yeah.
1: Well, no, it was great. It, you know when the when the Sienna went in for tires, I got alignment done and I got the. Um, I also had them do because uh, I got the maintenance package. I just do the do the PM, do the tires, do the uh, the the alignment, do everything. Mm-hmm. Just it can sit there for a while. I'm in no rush because I have this third vehicle that we're not driving. Right. What we are now. But that was nice to have that option there. Um, even if that third vehicle is an old beater, it's still nice to have it sitting there that you can just, you know, okay, I'm gonna
0: drive this now. Yeah. Yeah. It so like if something like, we we talked about this last time I was looking for a car, it's like if you're looking to buy a car, what do you do now? You're either going to If you buy if you buy a used car now, and all of a sudden they ramp up the chip production, new car, new cars start coming off, like the supply goes up, right? Mhm. Supply of new cars goes up. Supply of used cars then goes up. Mhm. Cuz people can now afford like they're not going to be able to charge over, over MSRP, basically people are in trading cars. It's going to push the value of everything down. Yeah. So let's say you buy the car now. You're already, when you roll off a lot, you're already four, five grand under, underwater anyway. Right. Difference of trade-in value versus retail value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second that car's titled, it's worth war- you took a hit. So now imagine you buy a car, three months later, chip production comes back, your car value goes down even further. Yeah. So you went from four grand in the hole to like eight. Mm-hmm. So now you're eight grand underwater on that car. You're not going to come close to that for at least four years. Yeah, and you're stuck with that car. Yeah, you better like that car, right? (laughs) And and, and that well, and that's the so that's the thing though. I mean, people that buy them and hold on to them, not that big of a deal, right? If you yes, but like for example, a 2011 Chevy Traverse LT with 55,000 miles. Retail, 16 one. Mm-hmm. That car is 11 years old. Yeah. I mean, it, That blows my mind. If I were to go buy that car and everything kind of went south, even if it inched south for the next six months yeah. as far as prices go, that car that I would owe 15000 on in that six months is now worth trade-in. 10 or 11. Mm hmm. Financially, it's horrible. Yeah. Financial sense, it makes horrible. It's a horrible choice.
1: Depending on how long you stretched a payment out. So by the time you pay it off, you now own outright a 16 year old car. And, you know, that, when I I remember when I was in college, I was going to buy a Jeep Cherokee, the, the original Jeep Cherokee, the the cool one and I went down my neighbor's brother, you know, was the salesman and I, I got a pretty good deal. And then I sat there and I started thinking at the time, I think the car was five, six years old and I was going to finance. And I was like, wait, by the time I'm done paying for this car, it's going to be 11 years old and I will have <laughs> paid X amount for it. Like, no thanks. So, you know, the, the Sienna is the first car we've held on to for a while. Um, and you know the kids are getting bigger, and and she's starting to think, well, maybe you know a suburban or something like that's in our future. And I'm like, let's just rock the Sienna out. It's a Toyota. It's going to run forever. Yeah. And you know, even if it if it does come time where we decide, like, okay, we need something bigger, I'll, I'll my, just keep the Sienna. I'll drive it. I don't think they're, I mean, to be honest with you, seating wise. I don't think you can find anything bigger than that. No, the Sienna. So. Prior to that, we had a uh, we had a town and country, and then pri- then while we had the Sienna, someone rear-ended it, and while we were getting it fixed, our rental was a Chrysler Pacifica, which was nice, but it just felt a lot smaller. The Sienna inside's cavernous. Right. Um, the thing that you run into with that is cargo when you have the third now the it does have a decent amount of space with the third row up mm-hmm. when it's down it's huge the nice thing about a suburban is when you have or a or a expedition uh what is it the el the, the the long version yeah yeah um when that third row's up you still have a ton of cargo room back there too so uh tahoes you have like zero with the third row up so
0: yeah um, but the other thing i mean with your sienna though with the third row, you have to pull the seats out, right? No, they
1: fall. They they, they fall f- in. Yeah, the second row you have to pull them out. Oh, now the town and country was nice. because That stow and go, and yeah. you could drop them in to the uh, to the well, and then when you weren't using those wells, or anything that was good, it was nice storage. We
0: rented one of those Pacificas. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, like the newer ones. Yeah, we we uh, we rented a car before car rentals were ridiculous too, but we rented a Pacifica. It was, I was impressed by it. My problem was it's a Chrysler product. Mm-hmm. And they're known just to have issues upon issues upon issues mechanically. Like the transmissions are junk. The engines are junk. The wiring is too small for what it needs to do. Yeah. The alternator isn't big enough to power the car. It's like they just cheaped out on so much. Now this was before Stellantis came in. So maybe it's better now, but I mean, it was, I mean, it, it had this it, throughout the brands, like between Jeep Chrysler, Dodge and the ramp trucks, they all had those issues where like, they were just dumb mistakes that they just kept doing. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because we, I would definitely have considered one to buy. Um, now, oddly enough, I know someone that has one, and they really haven't had any issues with it at all. So I'm like, yeah. well, maybe maybe they're turning a the corner, but because in the minivan game, it's Kia, Toyota, Honda, Chrysler. Yeah. I can't think. I don't think anyone else has one.
1: No, because GM doesn't.
0: No, they went with the Traverse, Traverse and yeah. Enclave. That's their minivan. Yep. And uh, Ford doesn't. No.
1: Nope. So not only does Ford not have one, they don't even have anything that could be remotely considered one. The Flex, maybe? Yeah, which I think is super cool.
0: Um, Especially
1: if you get that EcoBoost V6. (laughs)
0: The the funny part, I mean, I'm just looking at prices. I guess I'm scrolling through. I mean, a lot of these are like late model 2019, but even like a 2014 Nissan Pathfinder Pathfinder Platinum, that car is known to be a shitbox. box. Oh, that's a a grenade, dude. (laughs) Exactly. 46,000 miles on it. They want 24 grand.
1: So when I replaced my beater with the Fusion, I was actually looking at those, at the Pathfinders. And the Pathfinder, price-wise, I mean, I was finding them for... So this was 2000... I bought that car in 19. And I was finding like 15 16s for... You know, under twenty. Yeah, that was in my price. But I, I just like that CVT. I don't want to mess with it. And I also have a kind of a philosophical opposition to crossovers. I just, I'm not a
0: crossover guy. Well, Nissan finally has ditched the CVT. Yeah, like the new Pathfinder that just came out, dropped it. They went yeah. back to they went back to planetary gears mm-hmm. because. Nobody was buying them. Yeah, like nobody wanted a CVT in their SUV. Just yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it works great for a hybrid or an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's what it's made for. It's not made for something that weighs six thousand five, six thousand pounds. Yeah, just not. They break. Yeah, so easily. It's got a belt in it. Yeah, <laughs> like. but I. I mean, I guess this kind of goes with a larger conversation about. About um, inflation in general,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like groceries are up. I, I believe they're going up about six or seven percent per month at this point. Um, house goods, just like random stuff, even clothing, like even staples. Like I was trying to get, like I was buying some new underwear, and I'm not sure there's mm-hmm. a lot of too much information for a lot of people. Um, love the Costco mm-hmm. brand. Love, you can only get the the double XLs on the Costco website. Can't get it in store. Got a little tidbit for you folks out there, for you big boys out there who like the the Kirkland signature underwear. I'm an Under Armour guy, so mm. I, I guarantee if you switched over, you'd be a believer. I don't know. I like to. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to show you. I'm not going. Yeah. to I'm not modeling this for you. <laughs> Thank you. If you bought a four pack, (laughs) I believe the four pack is like 14 or 16 bucks. Are they cotton? It's uh, a mix. Cotton spandex. I don't do the cotton spandex
1: though. I do the whole Under Armour compression.
0: Oh, it's in the, it's i I'm telling you it's built in.
1: No, it's great. (laughs) You're like (laughs) my version is great. So. But your
0: version costs like 30 bucks for a pair of underwear.
1: But they last three years. So this
0: Costco stuff, six years. Six yeah,
1: years. Now, are you going through normal dude uh, ratings where it barely retains the properties necessary to be considered a solid? I mean, look, maybe
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw a couple away recently <laughs> that might have ripped and had some holes. <laughs> so, yes, I'm using dude. I'm using the dude format. I'm, I'm going along with that. So, uh, I have a pair of Under Armour
1: compression shorts in my drawer. I don't wear them a lot. I wear them every now and then. That are 15 years old
0: yeah, and they're that,
1: still running strong. That's
0: not everyday. These are everyday use. They could
1: be everyday use if I wanted them to be. I just got too fat for them. But here's the thing. These are everyday use lasting six years. Yes. These are, these are the Under Armour uh, six inch boxer compression these, version. That's what this is. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you, you got to buy a pack. Look, 16 bucks. I don't trust it. It's a pack of beer. Don't trust it. It's a pack of beer. And they never have my size. Double they got the doubles. Not big enough.
0: Oh. yeah. they stretchy. I got, I got the hockey butt. <laughs> so, um, but I, so I, my my inflation index going by the Costco underwear. <laughs> Luckily, Costco. I mean that we we plug Costco so much you would think that they were the sponsor instead of private internet. And I, and I don't even have a I don't even have a membership, and I love it. It's
1: great. I have. St- Sam's Club. I'm not going to say stupid because then I'm going to have someone after me, but I have Sam's Club and Costco is just far superior to Sam's Club in every way. And it's just the convenience that Sam's Club is just right down the road and I have to go all the way to Denver. to Glen Bernier Denver, yeah. for uh, for Costco, which I will drive there. I don't have a problem. It's the other half that has a problem with she doesn't see she doesn't
0: see the all the logic in this. You guys drive to New York, but she won't go to Glen Bernier for some savings? I think I'm just going to do it. You should.
1: I'm just going to go join. And I was <laughs> like, well, I didn't get your membership because you don't want to go there. See, I enjoy going there, too. It's an experience. Yeah. And they have a, the snack bar is far superior. The Costco pizza is actually good. That's not, you know. They have, it's, um, what is it? The footlong hot dog and a Coke for a buck fifty. You can't beat that. No. That's the cheapest lunch in town. It's a real hot dog. Yeah. It's an all beef hot dog. And they have that little machine that you can crank that the onions come out of. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: do. I, I get excited over little stuff. It's I've, just the I best. I love that little onion. I I, I want to go buy one of those to have in my house. Yeah. Except I don't know what the heck it is, and I don't know where to find it. <laughs> yeah. I, if I could just crank some onions out whenever I want, some, some, some finely diced onions whenever I want sure them. Amazon has it. <gasps> So rather than having to chop them like a pioneer. Yeah. Right. Well, I got the slap chop. (laughs) I was waiting for you. Like you looked at me like slap chop. What is Oh, I remember where that (laughs) is. Like like you
1: clicked like, Oh my God. You got one of them. Yeah. So I have this little thing that you put, it's got like a spinning blade set in it, Mm -hmm. but you crank it with your hand. So like you can make, you can do like, you know, I'll do a bunch of garlic. I'll do, Onions and garlic, peppers, onions, garlic. That's mainly what I do in there. Um, That's that salad
0: spinner technology. Yeah. With, with the pump. Yeah, it's like got this the, the gearing in there is crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. I have the Slap Chop. I use the Slap Chop. I hate the Slap Chop. The Slap Chop didn't do onions very well. No, So, it, I mean, it chops. Don't get me wrong. It does what it needs to do, right? It does the onions. It does them. But it bruises my hand. like Because mm. like I'm going... <laughs> and, of course, like that, that, that ball thing is just going right into the, the palm every time. Now, do you have the Pampered Chef version of it? No, I got I Please. I went with actual Slap Chop. So, the Pampered Chef. So
1: I think I do. One of our <laughs> wives' friends yeah. sells Pampered Chef. Yes. And I bought so much of that stuff, because uh-huh. I like to cook, that she wanted me to sell it. And I'm like, I'm not selling anything.
0: <laughs> She's she gonna turn you into getting
1: her, yeah. get you into your her, no, My wife didn't want me the pyramid? to sell it. Her friend wanted me to sell it. Yeah, she She's wanted, like, she
0: wanted you in the pyramid.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not trying to get involved in the, in your pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just independent markets. Like, no, it's pyramid scheme. It's pyramid scheme. But this lady sells all
0: kinds of stuff. By the way, for pyramid schemes, if you ever want to check it out, uh, there's a, I think Amazon has a documentary called Lulu Rich mm-hmm. for the for Lulu Row. Oh, okay. It it, it's, it's fascinating. So I,
1: I knew a friend, so a friend of mine, his wife got into that and she had to buy like five grand worth of inventory. That's the, yeah, the starter pack. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. So like my wife did 31 and she, she made some money doing it. But once you exhaust your friend market, if you don't expand past that, you're not going to make any money or get someone under you.
0: So, yeah. So the key to that is if you're not getting, nobody wants to recruit people to work for them. Right. But once you get, once you're down to your level, like once it gets to you, it's too late. Yeah. The ladies making the money are like two steps above you mm-hmm. because they got like crews upon crews doing this thing and they're getting kickbacks 8%, 12%, yeah. so whatever. They're getting their percentage cut. When none of these people realize, and my wife's done a couple of these and she finally found one that makes her some money mm-hmm. because it's a, It's um, so I'll I'll kind of put out. She she does coffee. Okay. Well, coffee is a consumable good, right? Mm -hmm. Like thirty one, you buy three bags and you got three bags. Yeah. You don't have to replace them. Right. Right. So there's no repeat business. Except it's junk, so you do have to replace it. But then you realize it's
1: junk, so then you don't want to replace it.
0: But it's not. It's not a. It's not a uh, consumable good. Right. So people don't have to replace it. Mm-hmm. Like with coffee, you buy your coffee, you drink it, you need to replace it. Yeah. So you get people that keep, you get return customers that mm-hmm. way. So you can make money with the coffee business without getting anybody underneath you. Yeah. And that's where, so that's what she does. She does it where she gets people and they sign up for like, the, like kind of like Amazon subscribe and save where it okay. comes every month. Yeah. So they they do a subscribe and save to coffee. And they get a box of coffee every mm-hmm. month, and she makes money. Like so, she gets the commissions off of that. Okay. So she it's like we we finally wised up because she used to do like book sales. Mm-hmm. Books are not consumable goods, right? People don't always need to get books. Yeah. People, coffee is probably one of the best ones you can get into. One because it's addicting because yeah. of the caffeine, and two people love it, mm-hmm. and three, now I don't got to go to the store and pick out this or that i find the flavor i like this isn't burnt caught it's not going like starbucks right you go to starbucks the stuff's like the beans are burnt to crap yeah it's caught it's all right you can get whole bean you get already ground whatever but it's it's a consumable good Mm -hmm. so they use it they need more yeah so we finally found one that she could do where she's not dependent on getting more people to sell for her to make her money Mm-hmm. She makes her money on addicts, yeah. basically. It's, She's a drug dealer. Yeah, you're basically selling cocaine. <laughs> right. Except a legal form of it, yeah. which is coffee. Right. No, I. Uh, I so if you're going to do an MLM or the pyramid scheme, go with the consumable good yeah. people. Now, some of the
1: Pampered Chef stuff, I'm going to plug the Pampered Chef because I like it. Um, I think that's a little bit, because there are enough kitchen gadgets to keep you coming back. And some of it, ends up breaking, you know, and, or you'll have the measuring cup. you lose one. I'm like, oh, I'll grab another one of those. Then you get the, well, you you don't just grab the one. You got the three pack. Yeah. Or they'll be like, hey, if you buy one more thing, you can get this other thing. And if you have a party and you sell this much, then you get to have a pressure cooker, which is how I got my pressure cooker, um,
0: which I use the hell out of. But, um, yeah, so. By the way, for people that can't see, I'm nodding along with this because we have, a bunch of pampered chef stuff in our house.
1: From the same person, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> or
0: it was from my
1: wife's party that came from the same. She's like the
0: mafia. Well, so so there's her, but then my wife's cousin did it also. Okay. So she's also a pampered chef, but she's kind of, she hasn't done it in a while. Yeah. But I know like years ago she did one. But then I, I think you're right, though. I think she, because my wife was like, well, I need this. So. And I guess like, they all know someone that's having one of those parties from that lady. Yeah. So like, okay, I'll just I'll just hop into this one. It's all from the cult. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna hop into this one. I'm gonna buy get get what I need. Yeah. And well, that's what
1: they do. My wife would be like, Hey, do you do we need any kitchen stuff? Look at the catalog because she doesn't cook. So I'm like, oh, I want this, 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 and um, we get it. But I wonder how the inflation is affecting that because I haven't checked into it. Yeah,
0: I, I haven't either. To be honest with you. I wouldn't even be able to tell you, though, because like think about it. If you get, like, a, a baking sheet, mm-hmm. you get, like, one every six years. I mean, you expect the price to go up, but you have no idea what you paid six years ago for no, baking yeah. sheet. No, so, yeah. So I don't even think I know.
1: And is that even a real, like, that comparison, does, does it really give you any information, like, six years ago?
0: No. You know? No, because you expect the price to go up at six yeah. years. You know? I think, like, cars are very... I think with the more necessary products, like cars, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, right now they said, I think America has one of the oldest fleet of cars that they've ever had. Now, keep in mind, that's pretty intense to say because cash for clunkers. Got rid of a lot of stuff. Right. And so, but that was what, 2008?
1: No, it wasn't eight because Obama was elected in, in eight. So I want to say that was like nine. That was in response to that was trying just to stimulate people buying stuff.
0: Right. That was the financial meltdown. So yeah. I'll say in oh nine or ten, right? Yeah. So somewhere in there. So people basically traded in their old cars, got cash for clunkers, because you could get money. You got you we're getting two grand for almost anything. Yeah. And people were trading in their junk for that. But did it even have to run? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Push yeah. it, pull it, tow it. Yeah. I think was the the saying. Right. And but I, I think people held on to their car since then. Because they, 2019 was when all this car inflation started. Yeah. So if you bought in 2010 or 11 when they were running cash for clunkers, and you were someone who kept your car for a while, mm-hmm. 2019 was your 8, 9, 10-year well, yeah. mark.
1: Well, cars also last longer now.
0: Right. Well, do they? Yeah, well. I don't know, man. Like, I think you could make an argument for that. But I think you can make an argument for the cars today, and for me, the direct injection stuff mm-hmm. makes cars. Uh, if you don't take care of it properly, and a lot of people don't know these things, mm-hmm. if if you don't if you don't have port injection along with direct injection, the backside of your intake valves are going to get carboned up because mm-hmm. of the PCV valve. Yeah. The PCV valve. Basically, what happens is, exhaust goes through. Exhaust comes out of the engine, so basically, there's the explosion. I mean, you have an exhaust that goes out the back through the exhaust, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have the other soot that comes out through what they call a PCV valve, which kind yeah. of regenerates it, and it's supposed to, and it goes in the backside of the intake valves. It kind of recirculates in to
1: try to burn it off further. Correct. Yeah.
0: The problem is, is that you don't have a PCV valve, I'm sorry, not a PCV valve, the port injection. Port injection means it basically sprayed the gas on the backside of the intake valve and that went into the chamber and that's when it exploded, Mm -hmm. right? Direct injection, because it's supposed to be more efficient, puts fuel directly into the combustion chamber. The problem is is the backside of those intake valves don't get the gasoline on Mm -hmm. them. Gasoline is a solvent and breaks down the carbon. Yeah. So the PCV valve, the carbon we get on the backside of the valve, but the port injection... Would dissolve that carbon. Everything would just burn up inside the combustion chamber. Yeah. Without the port injection, though, the carbon that comes through the PCV valve, that recirculation of the carbon, gets on the backside of the intake valve, and sticks. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when the carbon buildup gets too, too much? The valve doesn't close all the way. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get more junk, more junk, more junk in the engine, and then all of a sudden it just grenades, grenades it. Yeah. and the only reason because it happened with my Buick Mm -hmm. I had that I had a 2010 Buick Enclave with that 3.5 it was a 3.5 or 3.6 liter engine with direct injection and no port injection Mm -hmm. every brand I believe except for Toyota does direct injection without port injection Toyota's the only one that does port and direct injection which is why Toyotas don't have that problem Mm -hmm. now the recommended maintenance to get rid of that problem is at 40 or 50 every 40 or fifty thousand miles you get the backside of those injectors cleaned off so you have to take the the header off <laughs> or some people are saying now they have solvents now that just you could spray in there without taking the header off
1: right we well, at least have to take the valve train cover off
0: was it the intake manifold that's what I'm, I'm sorry not the header the intake manifold yeah so basically you can spray in it's it's not sea foam it's like some newer stuff i guess mm-hmm. but you can spray it on the back of those things they let it soak but even then they got to get in there and scrub it or they take the they take the intake manifold off and they mm-hmm. walnut blast it now the walnut blasting i had that I, I checked it out and this was probably four years ago mm-hmm. i think it cost like 600 bucks mm-hmm. so it's not that expensive for, yeah. i mean think about it on a Honda at 105 thousand miles you're supposed to replace the water pump serpentine belts and uh, some other belt, mm-hmm. some other belt. There's, there's like a major maintenance you do. It costs you about a thousand bucks, and you do it every hundred thousand miles. Well, if I got to do this thing every fifty thousand miles for six hundred bucks, it's almost the same. Yeah, you know. But they don't tell you about it. That's the problem. Like, in Hondas, they tell you that that's the recommended maintenance. Right. To do those things specifically, nobody's telling anybody with these direct injected engines that this is necessary for them to do. And it's why, you talk to any mechanic, they'll tell you that 3.6 liter or 3.5 liter GM engine with direct injection is shit.
1: hmm
0: I mean, in fact, there's a guy on um, the, guy on YouTube called the Car Wizard. Anyone who's familiar with, like, Hoovy's Garage will be familiar with him.
1: Is he the guy that Hoovy takes the cars
0: to? Yeah, yeah, with the big yeah. beard. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the Ninja and the Car Wizard. Yeah. The Ninja does his BMWs, and Car Wizard does everything else. Mm-hmm. And he talks about it. So he's got his own channel, and he talks about that, that engine combination uh, on the GMs, the Lambda vehicles. Mm-hmm. Says they're complete fucking shit. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, though.
1: I love that Buick. So, first of all, that, that Buick, everything from that generation, I guess that was the first generation of that platform that you had. Um, yeah, the first one came out in two, uh, 2008. Yeah, so Traverse. Outlook.
0: Outlook, um, Enclave and Acadia,
1: yes, beautiful, car, bu- beautiful, they, they just look good. And I think the Buick was the best looking
0: of all of them, it's more bubbly, yeah. I, I tended um, to like the Denali, the, the Acadia one, yeah, a
1: little more boxy, but whatever, yeah. But they're very nice, nice looking cars, comfortable, they rode nice. A, a buddy of mine had a Traverse, and like again, it was one that you could just kill miles in, but it felt like a minivan, yeah, it didn't feel like a truck at all, um, because it wasn't,
0: but it wasn't, it was a minivan, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, it's a shame that those engines were such such junk. Um, that's almost par for the course for GM.
0: It really is. It, it, to be <laughs> so, out, well, it sucks though because they used to, Like they, they had that 3800. Was it the 38 and the 3600? So it was a
1: 3800 pushrod V6. It was a monster. It was a it was a beast. It it, it that you you know they were.
0: But it was reliable as hell.
1: Yeah. Now and there's, oh, it's old technology. It's yeah. push rods, but. But it would run for yes. decades. Yeah, <laughs> you still see them out there, all all over the place. seen an old Impala, not a not the cool like '96 Impala SS, but the 06 Impala. Right, we'll have that, and they were pretty powerful. They used to put those in the. Um, that was the base engine in like the the
0: fourth gen Camaro was the 3.8. They put that in everything. They put it in, like the Buick Roadmasters, mm-hmm. the LeSabers, yep. the Lacrosses, the. Oh, shoot, what else? I, the only reason why I know about the Buick is because I like Buick, but... Then they
1: had the 4.6. Yep. Yeah. Then there was the 4.6, which is... That was essentially just a 350 with two cylinders lopped off of it. Um, but yeah, there's some good...
0: Those are reliable engines. Yeah. I mean, and you think about, like, the old Vortex mm-hmm. and, the, and the 06 and prior. Tahos yeah. and, and Escalades and all that yeah. stuff. Before they went to, like, cylinder deactivation. Yeah. Which killed engines as well well you know they had done cylinder deactivation like way
1: back in the day they had the it was called the 468 diesel and it was a gas block with diesel heads and it was an absolute piece of garbage (laughs) (laughs) and it had but it was done at you know they'd put it in like a uh you know like a the old b-body sedans and it was just junk. It was just yeah. absolute crap. It was after the fuel crisis. And they kind of did the same thing with C- cylinder deactivation because they're trying. So, like, when the government makes rate for for fleet, it, they'll do, like, when they say we want to have all vehicles have, you know, minimum 30 mile per hour or 30 miles per gallon uh, EPA highway rating. Well, you know that you're never going to get a truck to be at that mileage. But it's an average of their fleet mileage. Right. So what they're doing is they figure by, if they know that they're going to sell however many thousands of Tahoes, if they have cylinder deactivation, that'll lower the fuel, that'll at least contribute to to lowering that number. Just like, you know, when they do the the whatever stupid hybrid they come out with or whatever, the EV1, that weird-looking stupid thing. Awful. That Um You couldn't even own it. Like, they took them all back and destroyed them. I think there's, like, one that survived. And GM owns it. It's not even in private hands. But, uh like, all that... It's just
0: designed to lower their overall fleet mileage. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean... Like, now, I guess, like, with the F-150 Lightnings... Um, a lot the Mach E. I think that's why they're doing these things. Yeah, it's not because people are really dying for an electric vehicle. Yeah. Um, and the thing is with the electric cars though, you you have the
1: the greenies who think that they're first of all it's just it's it's just really expensive purchasing like because that unless your power grid is powered by a nuclear power plant or hydro or wind and solar which yeah right um. That's a coal-powered car. And people think, oh, there's no emissions. Oh, there's emissions. Right, so it's it's not just from your tailpipe. Yeah, part. it's coming from someplace else. And, like, I don't think they realize, like, if you were to replace all of the internal combustion engines with electric, the type of load that would put on the power
0: grid. Well, not just that, though. And they've done studies on it. Don't get me wrong. Electric vehicles like a Tesla is more environmentally friendly than a, than a gas-powered engine. Mm-hmm even when you take into consideration the amount of mining that has to be done and transportation and all that's let me i'm talking like mining for the lithium yeah. Yeah. and so let me but the problem is there isn't enough lithium mm-hmm. to make every car electric yeah like they they're having major issues like there there was a i watched a youtube video on uh lithium mining in the united states i believe there's one in texas but there's a huge lithium deposit i believe in I want to say it's Nevada in a mountain range mm-hmm trying to get approval to mine that area mm-hmm. but then also the logistics of getting the lithium out yeah not mining it now isn't there but a, transporting it you've talked about a better battery technology though. yeah so there's one right there's a uh, something called graphene-hmm um, and you anyone just Google or YouTube graphene um, there's that which is supposed to be a better battery but there was there was there's some other battery technology out there that is much less volatile than even the lithium ion mm-hmm. polymers um that would be much safer to put in cars um but unfortunately the just like every other industry there is lobbying behind certain types oh yeah of technology for example like the VHS versus Beta t- t- uh, test case, where mm-hmm. Beta was the better technology, but VHS won the PR mm-hmm. war, and they eventually knocked Beta out completely. Yeah. But Beta was the better technology. Well, I
1: remember it was uh, it was DVD, and what was the other one? DivX or something?
0: So there was, yeah, there was DivX, and there was DVD, and, and, the, Div- and then there was Blu-ray, and HD DVD was yeah. the next thing up. And, yeah, and, and DivX, wasn't DivX like it would deteriorate over... That was all the, they always said DivX? Uh, you couldn't put as high quality of an image on DivX as you could on a DVD. Mm-hmm. Was that true? I don't know. Yeah, I know in the streaming world like, Divi- like if there's a DivX copy or XVID, like it, nobody wants it. Yeah, but but the thing is, like
1: now it doesn't matter.
0: So it's so what
1: another thing the Simpsons got right when they're you know, they had a it was like beta, there's a pile of vinyl pile of. <laughs> just at reserve for DVDs Listen, spe- at the junkyard,
0: and like Listen, spe- they nailed it. <laughs> Speaking of the Simpsons, I'm not here. I'm not. I'm not here to give gambling advice whatsoever. Uh, but the the Simpsons predicted that the Bengals would play an L.A. team in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they predicted the score was going to be 34 31 for the Bengals. Okay, so I'm going to place a fifty dollar bet <laughs> on that exact score, thirty four thirty one. I think the odds are plus eight thousand. <laughs> so I, on my fifty dollar bet, I think I'd win four grand on it. Well, by the
1: time this show airs, we're going to know. So. Actually, that's true, right? <laughs> oh
0: no! So anyone anyone who tries to get in on that is not going to be able to.
1: Yeah. Oh Shame well. on you when when Alex is making it rain, <laughs> you'll know if I um, won or not. You know when he shows up, where like with gold plated Versace sunglasses and you know? my gold, get my gold grill. <laughs> I go, I'll get my
0: teeth in. The yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, but I mean going back to the inflation part of things with the cars. Yeah, you know, the funny, the funny part with this with the cars in particular, and because this goes back to two thousand nineteen. It's 2022, three years into this huge inflation for cars. All of the experts and whatnot said, oh, just wait it out. Just wait it out. Just wait it out. Who can, some people can't wait it out for three years. Yeah. If you're so like, if your car dies, I like minded. Yeah. You,
1: you can't wait it out. Um, so, you know, and then. If you're in a position where, okay, this thing's so old, how much more money do I put into it? But other countries, like, like look at Cuba. Like, they've been keeping those old, like, it's like 55 Chevys and stuff rolling around there. Now it's a different situation because they're, the you embargoes know, and all that. But. but
0: it's also different tech. Though. I mean, like these cars, like, so we've got, like, the limited model, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot more tech in that car. Oh, yeah. If this were, you know, let's say it was just even, like, a... Uh, What's the Buick, the like the Buickless Sabre with the 3,800 GM engine in it. Mm-hmm. There's not much technology in that thing. Parts are readily available. Nothing's really costing more than a thousand bucks to fix on that thing. If yeah. And that's probably high. You can keep that car running for a lot less than I can on this 2013 Ford Edge. Mm-hmm. In which almost anything mechanically... Or or elect, anything electronically would probably grenade the thing. Yeah, because there's so much run by le- the electronics in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I would almost feel more comfortable with like like a, a mid '90s Buick LeSabre or something. Yeah, than
1: I would with what I got now. Well, the thing is, if you're willing to get rid of the tech part of it, so my old beater car was an 04 Ford Taurus. And if the transmission didn't take a crap out of it, I would have, I'd still have it. Um, and I drove that thing for six years. So six years of no payment was great. Right. I, that thing was, you know, and engine ran smooth. Um, it wasn't the prettiest car, but who cares? It's, it's, it takes me back and forth to work. I, I'm beyond the stage where I'm trying to impress people with a car, Right. you know, and it's one of those, it's like the catch 22. Like I don't try to impress people with a car. Whatever you know, but if I do try
0: to impress it with a the car, then I'm automatically a douchebag. So I'm opposite though. Like for me, it's not impressing someone else. For me, when I'm sitting in the car, I want to feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and I want to feel like I'm in a place I want to be. Yeah. No, I was comfortable in my Taurus.
1: Yeah, it had the, those nice like plush seats, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was. Uh... The other thing about the older cars, though, like they have the bigger greenhouse. They're more open. Yeah, it feels like a
0: bigger car. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, like I'd like to get a truck. Now, I would look for one of those, you know, GM Vortex, you know, a, a 350. Right. Um, Because there's just, there's parts. We've talked about it before. There's parts everywhere. They're they're all over the place. They run great. You know, the, the interior might be crap. And the thing is, I don't really care about the tech. I don't need my car to tell me all the you know is in dash nav nice yeah it's nice but my wife's car has it and i use my phone you
0: can get i i always tell people that like my brother-in-law asked me he wanted a big suv Mm -hmm. he's like well what should i get and i was like to be honest with you get a 2006 either chevy tahoe uh ltz Mm -hmm. or the cadillac 2006 cadillac escalade yeah And the reason why I said that, because the engine and transmission in that thing are bulletproof. Yep. Like you said, the interior, the buttons on the radio might go, but you want to know what? You're probably going to replace that radio anyway. Yeah. Get a touchscreen for six, seven hundred bucks, and you have all the technology you need now. Yeah. You got your Bluetooth, your nav, everything. Your Android card, your Android. Uh, Android Auto Apple CarPlay will mm-hmm. be in there too probably get it wireless which is better than what most cars are doing now anyway yeah you can get people always say well the leather rips or this ri-. I'll be honest with you you can redo the upholstery on the front and back seats a grand yeah
1: and I, I've so, seen um, on on the gram on the yeah. insta they got a bunch of people advertising doing that
0: it's not ungodly expensive to do so, so what i'm saying is like you can get an old one a miles mm-hmm. which is nothing for that engine and the transmission yeah you put two grand into it mm-hmm. one for the upholstery so your seats look like new two uh another grand for an in-dash nav system with your apple CarPlay, or your android auto mm-hmm. and that car has all the tech that a new car does will run like a charm yeah and you get a brand new interior yep I mean, if, if, but the, the problem is right now, though, that 2006 Chevy Tahoe LTZ or whatever. So, and the reason why I say LTZ is because you get the, the steering wheel controls. Yeah. For the radio. The problem with that is that car right now, the SUV is going for like 11 grand. Yeah. <laughs> 12 grand. 11, 12 grand. It, I, but for me, 11 12 grand for that is probably better value than 1415 grand for a 2014 15 16 Chevy Traverse yeah just that's my opinion I mean I could be wrong but I think any mechanic would probably agree with me yeah yeah it's that's where it's like you know the
1: where you have to fight the wife one like oh that car's too old you know well there's a reason why people are still zipping around in 737s. <laughs> yeah. I think it made its first flight in the, in the 60s. I mean, to you me, know, that... And to me they've been flying around cuz it now granted that they're still not flying around in, in the 200 model but it's the very similar to you know to that old school stuff cuz it works. Southwest so, made a business out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I like I I'm just looking for an old truck. And then when you start getting into trucks, pickup trucks it goes up even more. You can get a Tahoe for a lot less
0: than you can get a Silverado. I'll be honest. So, for me, if I was looking for a truck, I'd be looking for like 04 to 06 Ford F 150. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to find a quad cab. Yeah. But you could probably find an extended cab for like four or five grand. Yeah. Yeah. The- you got to You, you got to The thing is, though, you got to look outside of this area. Mm-hmm. You got to look on the Eastern Shore. Yep. 'Cause that's where they're not expecting big money. Yeah. And and the thing is with
1: with trucks is once you get to the if you want if you just need like a work truck mm-hmm. and you're willing to go standard cab two wheel drive, oh. you can find them all, over, all the place. over the place. Especially if you don't care about go to government auction. Yeah. You don't Funnel care way. about uh, interior packages and trim. Like you just want something to run to the dump in <laughs> vinyl
0: seats and, yeah. and
1: and plastic floors. Yeah. Like you might even be able to get one with a plow, <laughs> right. you know, right. <laughs> Make some money in the wintertime or sell it to somebody who wants to. Right. Um, the thing with trucks is trucks have kind of become, remember back in the day you had like the personal luxury coupe, like the uh, Thunderbirds and the, Big the big the big cat Mercury Cougars and yeah. stuff I'm, like that Monte Carlos the Bureau of Riviera yeah. yeah well now trucks have kind of replaced that That's like Dad's car is the truck right and because now they have the the quad cats in them they become like if you only if you have three little kids or two kids you can go on a long trip in that thing you know like there's no problem with that what's the difference between doing that and then going in the Ford the Ford uh, Edge
0: you know you're probably actually gonna be more comfortable in a full size truck than you would in an edge. Do those, I just don't, do those, uh, does that second row recline in a truck? Because you got the truck bit right behind it. So, they're not, it's not straight up and down. Right.
1: There is space back there, so it isn't an angle. Oh. Now, Dodge and Toyota had the Super Crew. Mm-hmm. So, it was even bigger. So, like my buddy had a Tundra Super Crew. So, it's, it's a four-door truck, legit four full-size doors. And there's like another eight inches behind
0: the yeah. rear seat. I remember the Dodge with that. Yeah. So the only thing is, is now you're giving up bed space. To me, the bed space is less important. I mean, because the bed itself, for for stuff that I would do, is plenty big. Right. Now, right. A six-foot bed.
1: It's plenty most, most The cargo that most Americans haul in their trucks, which is air, yeah, it's absolutely
0: right. <laughs> now, if you want
1: to put, you know, four by eight sheets of plywood in there, it's going to hang out the back. Um. Yeah, you you yeah, but a lot the of them really come down. with the, the the lift gate, and then they have that little cage thing that goes around it to make it bigger. But most people, like, if you're going to get a load of mulch, uh, you know, um, a front-end loader can dump a load of mulch into a six-foot bed. But until you get, now, if you're going to go, like, F-250, now you can get the quad cab and the eight-foot bed, and it is a monster. Yeah. Like you're like if you, you are not park, playing bumper cars all over the parking lot of Green
0: Valley with it, you know. So I hate those dudes that have those trucks, and they and they they park, like they'll park in that row against the building mm-hmm. at, at the the at downtown Arnold, yeah. Arnold over there, and like the back end sticking out like like three feet, dude. Just in go the out. middle, yeah. Like, dude, go take up two spots in the middle row, please. Yeah, pretend you have a school bus, right? You know, but yeah, yeah I don't. Want, I don't want to walk that far. <sighs> get
1: out yeah. of here with your big ass vehicle.
0: Right. Right. The, like the, you know, you could probably stand to walk an extra ten feet. It'd probably be good for you. <laughs> but <laughs> they literally can't get two cars can't get by him. <laughs> yeah, because he's sticking out so far. Yeah,
1: or they don't pull. They don't pull in the in this into the spot deep enough. And the, he's he's usually the jerk off that has to back in. Yeah. So I love backing in. Oh, forget it. With cameras, dude, I bet I'm a backing in fool. I love it. It takes too long. Mm-mm. It takes too long. Like, some, could, especially some of these guys. Well, like they take forever. Well, some some of these people I, I watch drive, and they're backing. I'm like, you haven't mastered driving forwards. yet.
0: Stop, reverse, just stop <laughs> it. You're, you're not bi-directional yet. <laughs> you don't have a license to go two ways. Yeah, so you're, you're a one direction yeah. individual. Yeah, I
1: used to drive a master's truck, man. I could whip a little SUV or minivan <laughs> in anywhere. Sometimes, depending on your approach angle, it's easier just to back it in. Because you're too, you know, if you're too close, if you're, say, you have the open spots on the right. And you are too close because you probably are going to be. Because if you are sticking to the right, the easiest way is to just swing it left and back in, rather than trying to cut all the way left and then cut all the way back right to pulling forward. I'll just back that thing right in.
0: I just can't. It's that (laughs) the guy that takes forever to back into a spot is the is the guy with the the F two fifty who's driving in the left lane. (laughs) But like I just taking his time. Yeah. But when you when you try and pass him on the right, all of a sudden you get the lead foot. He speeds mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Like by the way, so obviously I I just took that trip to Florida. There's too many of those people out there. Like look, it's not a personal affront to you if I want to go faster than you. Yeah, what do you care? Right. It's not I'm not personally attacking you. You don't then need to speed up so I can't get by you. See, and that's and that's the thing like I'm not a
1: speed demon. Like I set my cruise at everywhere except Virginia. So, Virginia, I set it five over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if, if some Virginia trooper is going to jump out on me at five over, then it's just my day. You know? Like, you really have nothing better. To do. Like, it's just my day. But if I'm going anywhere else, I set it at nine over. I do nine over. Everywhere. And I just cruise. I have my cruise control on. Like, I'd love to have, like, you know, and... You know, I'm not an anti-electric car person. I'd love to have, like, autopilot like Tesla has and just set it at nine over and just turn my brain off. Just make sure we're not hitting things. You know, I'm not going to take a nap or, like, you know, read the paper, but, you know, I think people are making a mistake. Like, oh, the car just... A a pilot still flies the airplane when it's on autopilot. Like, they Mm. still have to be aware of stuff. So, um, you know, that's what I'd want to do. But I can't do that because... There's some idiot that is going too slow in the right lane. Or They're just going too slow. Like, just stay out. Just, if you want to do 55, great. Do it in the right lane, the right. far right lane. Right. Go as slow as you want
0: over there. Don't do it in the left. Well, so then you get the guy. You get the guy who, who the right lane is going 55, going the speed limit, or 65, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Going on the speed limit, fine. Or whatever. Yeah. 63, I don't care. The guy... In the left lane has his cruise control set like two miles an hour above him, uh, so I, it takes him forever to get by. Turn the cruise off and pass, dude. It, right, speed up, get in front of him, get back over. You're back on your cruise. Yeah, there's this little button says RES. Yeah, that means resume. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're not stu- you're not holding up the 12 cars behind you yeah. because you want to take your time yeah. and you don't want to have to touch buttons blows my mind. Yeah. Now as far that autopilot thing. So the the Edge that we took down to Florida has um adaptive cruise control. Okay. Now my wife usually drives this car. Yeah. So I I am not really handy with it, right? Mhm. Know how to use it but don't don't really use it cuz I haven't been in the car that much. Now we're on this long trip. Set the cruise control set that you set your gap distance with how close you want it to follow mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know if i'd ever get a car without it not that i'm driving long distances a lot but let's say that guy in the le- the guy in the left-hand lane going a little slower- mm-hmm. my adaptive cruise control it just keeps you right there it it would it, it gets up to the distance between the car that you set it at hmm and it just hangs on until he gets out of the way. And then it resumes, whatever. Yeah. Like you don't even have to hit the resume button anymore. It just, I swear to God, I, I, I must have told my wife like four times, I go, this is the best invention ever. <laughs> best, I, I'm i am so glad I, li- I live in the future.
1: And she's like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my in-laws had a, they just got rid of it. They had a, because they leased, they had a Subaru Outback. It had the adaptive cruise, it had these like little cameras up near the rear. That, they have an elaborate system, yeah. In Subis. And uh, it was um, it breaks for you too, mm-hmm. which is cool.
0: So, th- so does this,
1: yeah. It, it, it was it, it, like you could feel it, yeah. It doesn't steer for you, no, this didn't either, yeah. And and I think some people think like with, with autopilot, like, like you just tell it where to go and it goes there, like it doesn't get off of highways
0: and stuff, you know. <laughs> Well, you- apparently, it doesn't do all the driving either because like uh, they've got instances where this thing like was driving into objects, like, yeah, like trucks, like <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what.
1: But see, that's where you have to be awake and alert, right? Right. And they say, well, who's at fault? The driver. Mm-hmm. If if an airliner flies into a mountain when it's on autopilot, who's at fault? The pilot, right? Because he was sleeping. You know, or getting a blowy from somebody, like whatever he was doing, right, it whatever. wasn't flying. <laughs> <laughs> whatever his whatever his cup of tea was that day. Yeah. So, you know, but I think people rely—they just rely too much on it and on the technology—and think, oh, it's going to do everything for me. And you know, you're still responsible for it. You know, well, I'm going to sue Tesla because my car crashed, and you, you—you crashed it. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, do you, in your opinion, do you think car prices? Let's say, I mean, let's say supply shoots up. Mm -hmm. Now the dealers know what prices they can get. Do you think prices actually come back down, Or do you think they just level off?
1: Well, I think, I, I think eventually if, if we get back to, so there's two factors here. So you have the one factor where like right now they just blew a whole ton of free cash into the economy so people had all this money to spend on nonsense and then you had a supply chain issue so you had two things going at once right i think both of which are gonna 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 run into i'm not gonna say a depression but i think there's gonna be some recessive things happening right so once that happens and people don't have the free cash that was just blown in and the 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 inflation catches up to everyone then it's going to slow down. But then if the supply chain kicks back up, I don't think they're going to get to a point where they're going to say, hey, we're just not going to make any of these cars. Because then really what you're doing is um, you're kind of in a trust situation there. Right? If all the auto manufacturers get together and say, hey, we want to keep prices high, so we're just not going to make cars, that's a trust.
0: You know, and yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying It that. should
1: be against the law. I, I, it is, but whether they enforce it or not. And granted, I'm no free finance guy, but... Or economist, but I think that at some point it's going to return to normal. It might not return to, you know, ten grand off and zero percent financing for a hundred years, and but that was just tricks that like General Motors would do to move cars, right? So they they would throw in if you're if you were between say a Traverse and a Pilot, and Honda was offering one point nine and no rebates, but GM is giving you five grand off and zero percent is the pilot to better vehicle probably but look at this financing and a lot of people shop cars yeah. based upon payment right yeah which is not the way to do it at all um but people because really that's the impact is how much is this going to cost me per month right? right so and can i afford to make that payment so i think that eventually it is going to come back to some state of normalcy um but it's it's all when they... But the other problem is, like, we don't make any of this crap here. And when are we going to learn?
0: I don't think we ever are. I think it depends on the industry. I think that... I mean, apparently they're supposed to be building some chip plants in this country. Like, they're, they're supposed to be online next year. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Foxconn was building one in Wisconsin. Yeah. And maybe in Texas. Mm-hmm. Industries like the furniture industry never really had a problem because they make all of it in North Carolina for the most part. Anyway, yeah. Um, I I just think it depends on the industry. Like, I know, for example, like in the computer industry, graphics cards are still through the roof. Mm -hmm. CPUs went up. They still haven't really come. They've come back down a little bit, but they're still much higher than they were even two years ago. Yeah. Uh, hard drives went up through the roof because of that stupid chia cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that was using hard drives versus uh, G- uh gpus um, but those are starting to come back down like th- the prices have regressed back from the highs i think with with cars my, my thing was not that not that the manufacturers would kind of like rep- repress the supply just that the dealers know that hey look if we don't drop these prices people are going to pay it yeah, because they were paying it before, or maybe you know for that Kia, the Kia Telluride rather than that forty eight thousand vehicle forty eight thousand dollar vehicle rather than charging fifty eight thousand, well we can still charge that forty eight thousand MSRP and just not discount it, mm-hmm. and it'll look like the price went down. Yeah, but it didn't. But
1: then here is the other thing: when the dealers want to move, so the Telluride's is a popular vehicle, mm-hmm. just like the the Palisade. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw the carnival or carnival or however they're pronouncing it into that. Yep. And there are others, you know, when something new comes out, um, stupid Jeeps, sorry.
0: (laughs) My brother, my brother loves Jeeps. I just,
1: I don't get it. It's a G I don't, yeah. Especially once they got away from the inline six, it's like, it's just a regular stupid V six. It's nothing special. And it rides like shit so the, <laughs> like, the old jeeps had much more appeal to me yeah not when i say older i mean like yeah early 2000 it used to be like if you saw a jeep like in order to be a legit jeep it had to be a manual right now, now i i what's the percentage of, i guarantee you it's more automatics right you know so and the four-door stupid ver- and then jeep bros have to park all dumb like oh i parked in <laughs> the curb. hey i can do the same thing with the sienna good job but um like stuff like that or like a you know when Toyota came out with this version of the Tacoma, it was some TRD version that people were paying all kinds of stupid money for. It was a trim package, right? And it had like a skid plate on it, stuff like that. I think will say, but stuff like that's gonna say hi anyway. Um, but eventually they're gonna want to get they're gonna they're gonna have to move because the dealership doesn't the Kia dealership isn't given all palisade or uh, Tellurides. telluride. Telluride. Yeah. They're given... They have to sell... Fortes and... Fortes whatever, and Opti- yeah, Optimas and whatever. And they have to sell all that stuff too. Right. That stuff will get rebated just like anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the unpopular... The two-wheel drive standard cab truck that they had to take, that'll get rebated. You know, we got to move this thing because they're paying for that truck. Month, you know, they're paying to, to right. keep it. Right, yeah. So they're going to want to move it. You know, at a certain point, now you're... Paying for that inventory to started to eat into your, you know, bottom line. You got to sell it to get rid of it, and that's when the rebates come in. So, we're
0: running a little long. I just want to talk about one more thing. Yeah, because we're on the topic of cars, and this is gonna be real quick. I can't believe Toyota did this, but have you seen the new SUV they came out with? Which one? called the Corolla Cross. Oh, it's so stupid. I, I'm, even if that SUV is great. It, it's a small SUV. It's basically a lifted Corolla wagon. Right. So it's like a Pontiac vibe pretty much <laughs> with all-wheel drive. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> my pet peeve for this thing, one, don't call it a Corolla. A Corolla is a is a compact Four door sedan. Like when Mitsubishi came out with this stupid Eclipse, eclipse Cross. Crossed. That's exactly what I thought about. Yeah. Like why? It didn't work for Mitsubishi, right? That thing looked like absolute garbage. Yeah. This is a decent looking SUV. Let's call it something else. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got a whole bunch of other stupid names because like- it used to be the Toyota. It was the Corolla.
1: Yeah. Which was the sedan, and the Toyota Matrix. Which was like the wagony and they Pontiac sold that as the vibe. Right. So just call it the Matrix again. Right.
0: Right. Like, why? Why would you? It, <laughs> and I don't know why it annoys me so much. Other than like, I know a ton of people are going to buy these things, and yeah. it's going to be a Corolla Cross. Right. And then what also <sighs> what also annoys me about
1: it, while we're in our get off my lawn moment, <laughs> is the so you've got the. Um, Toyota Corolla, and of course they market every car to millennials. Yeah, even though millennials don't have money to buy anything, <laughs> mostly because their parents are morons and have ruined every, uh, the economy. Ever, anyway, so and they went and they majored in underwater basket weaving at uh, NYU, yes. and they they're in, up to their eyeballs in the student loan debt. Yeah, we anyway. So, but they're the commercials for it are super annoying. Yep, because it's a bunch of these millennials or whatever comes after millennials. Doing that
0: stupid glitch dance, and they're all like, uh, I don't, it, it, okay. "It's annoying." You uh, want to know the most annoying car commercial right now? The GMC Sierra one, where the guy turns uh, on the autopilot thing, basically, and then they start doing the "We will rock you." Yes. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You to know, the truck commercial. You don't don't do this to that.
1: I know <laughs> that that guy, I and mean, then there's the guy that has that's showing the lift gate thing. Oh. On, now, I do like the cat, Walter. So it's a, it's a, I think it's, yeah, it's GM. Um, so the guys drive around, he does all these crazy things, and he has this cat that does things. Like the cat goes, like the cat acts like a dog. Like the cat rescues someone stuck in an avalanche. I haven't seen this one, I gotta watch it. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, the very last shot is the guy will say, uh, whoever the cat has helped. <laughs> I'd be like, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, it's a, it's a GM, it's a twenty five hundred Denali. Yeah, it's cool. He goes, no, I mean, I mean the cat. He goes, Walter, he's just a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like Walter the cat. Yeah, but nothing. I guess we probably wrap it up on this one. Is more annoying than the Chevy Focus Group commercials.
0: Yes, but that also spawned
1: the YouTube guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the guy from Boston. He's like, <laughs> let me guess, a piece of shit
0: car. <laughs> like, <laughs> what what color is that? Burnt rust? <laughs> G- <laughs> GM should have taken those commercials and made those little <laughs> commercials. Yeah. They would have sold a lot more of those cars. People say that millennials
1: are all the same. What, you all look like douchebags? You got <laughs> tattoos? Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: whoever wrote those commercials is awesome oh yeah um, all right well thank you for listening please like subscribe comment share uh please go to the dumb I- uh, idea click on the uh right side for private internet access to get your vpn subscription started today and we will see you next time